0: That's The space cave I can hear those crickets a little bit it's nice and calm in here whatever is happening out in the world it's got you flustered concerned whatever that might be it all just melts away out here in the furthest nether regions of space tucked safely in a big warg to all of you hope this finds you well hope you had a lovely uh, pride weekend Live in the Los Angeles area, and you're having a good Pride Month. And hopefully you feel warm and welcomed and loved and respected and cared for whoever you are, as a human, as a citizen. Hope you feel good being alive and experiencing whatever this is that we're all seemingly into it together. One of the things I think is great about it is getting to chat with people who are out there exploring just how far it goes. And... Um, this um, virtually no one more enjoyable to talk to about that than this week's guest. She's been on the show before, and I'm happy to welcome her back. Here's part three, I guess realistically, with uh, Farah Alibay, a JPL scientist. It goes without saying, but her views expressed in this are hers and hers alone. They in no way represent the company she works for. There's nothing that would come up, I believe, that in any way would um, be subject to any, uh, you know, examination as far as that goes. But if there is, contact me. It's more than likely something I said. I really can't imagine that's the case. It just, it's good to get that out of the way and just say, she's here on her own, talking and enlightening you with all things to do with uh, space and exploring. Enjoy. Even if I am the one that Go for attempts it. to so someone Don't was talking, hit me is, in the eye <laughs> I don't think it's going to pop off like champagne It shouldn't be that fermented Someone told me that you we'll do Two and week. a half turns on Vera. these Isn't And that great. way when you pop off the, the cork It's just open just enough for the cork to, to come out But the basket like the catches it oh. Life I This has never works. worked for me
1: I always just I, open it like champagne Where I push down on it and I used to work at a bar Ah. Intelligent and I've never that hit anyone in the eye. Like max-out level. So I know, I'm kind of you nervous. You're, like, shying away. I'll aim it as far away from both
0: of us as possible. Achieve their potential. I'm going to take the whole Sometimes basket off, because I don't buy that theory. It's an like an I, I said, it's never... But it was someone in a bar, like a gentleman who, like, ran a bar. And he was, like, two and a half turns. I'm sure the internet will know. I think so, because that was... Maybe that was the I idea. I really want to do work. the
1: thing with the and sword. Do work?
0: Yeah.
1: That's, that's my life goal.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> and not to wax too black, so I like I twist it I'm while I'm doing it. Yeah.
1: That yeah. Of that. I was looking to hold it. Yeah. I don't think he'll uh, yeah, pop, come pop back off next week, Oh, I can feel it. Here um, it comes. Hey!
0: Okay, it's not bubbling up too much. Bruce there are bubbles, and it's especially but it's not outrageous. Like Mars. Oh, it's fascinating. It Love smells. China. Do you want to uh, smell Dan it before we pour it? Japan. Or you can start uh, pouring actually. I've been pouring travels. it with oh, the oh, beer like Japan. near the Games microphone so people can you know. hear like a foliage. the foliage. Japan, where Let me try it. I don't know. I don't know if they'll hear anything, If you have suggestions. Oh yeah. You can hear Beer or guests or topic and how topics. would you pronounce that? F O R E with know, a thing over it. T. Is it just for a? Foray. Forre. To make those happen. It's like a forest. And if you're a Patreon member, oh. bonus content. I thought it would have um, equated to. Bonus, uh, okay, yeah, they have trees drawn on um, there.
1: Uh, there's a, a lot of foam. Am I
0: failing? No, I, I think you're doing okay. You probably no, got to let it wasn't. sit and, uh, for on a little, little bit. And there's some coasters there from the junk I'm show if you want to put it on that. You don't have to, but uh, i, got, I got, got a lot, got lot extra. I try to keep on track as much um, as possible with new
1: episodes coming out every week. Well,
0: let's get right into it. I, By the time
1: we're done, I'll be done pouring.
0: It really did foam up a lot. I know. It's weird because when I took Before the cork happen, out it didn't it really does go you know champagne you would expect that show. level of foaminess let's get out of here. take a the picture of that Called just because Once it is you know, so so foamy that's you that's like
1: foam. see you next time thanks for stopping by the space cave it's apparently organic
0: yeah, and I don't, <clears throat> I don't really know what makes beer
1: organic compared to non-organic. Well, just like I never know how wine is vegan versus not vegan, and why wouldn't wine not be vegan? I don't know. But, yeah, um, there we go. I've never but. seen wine advertised as
0: vegan, vegan
1: wine. Yeah, I have. Really, it has to do with like some of the. Um, the straining stuff that they use is made from, like, cow stomach or something, like the filter stuff. Oh. Um, so most wine is actually not vegan, as it turns out. But I don't know how many vegans actually care yeah. um, or get the look. But, um, yeah. I mean, organic wine makes sense, right? Because you're like, okay, organic grapes. But I don't know, with beer, organic hops, maybe?
0: Yeah, In yeah, water? I would assume so. That they're not
1: <clears throat>
0: using pesticides on the hops and things like that, the barley.
1: I guess so. What's in this? Yeah, it doesn't say. No.
0: There, I know at the bottom of that bottle, there is like a little bit of... <clears throat>
1: oh, organic... Bar- there it is. Ingredients, water, organic barley, organic cane sugar, and organic hops. The yeast are not organic. Ooh. They're just human. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, I tried. I'm going to let it sit for a little bit. Okay. About you. Well, I'll try a little bit too,
0: and then we'll set it right where you just put it, and then... You can pour more as, as yours settles down. I know. All right. I'm going to try to oh, really... Oh, it's like
1: a space cave. No, oh, yeah. yeah. It's an
0: actual mug. I don't know if that was here last time because you were... Oh, dear. Mine's creeping remember. up, too. This is a really foamy beer.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe it's the organic part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very active in there. <laughs> that yeast yeah, is the really... Yeast. It's yeah. the yeast. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to see you.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks for coming back. I've been busy. Yeah,
0: I know. Here We've... We're re- this, as we recorded, is a reschedule. And it feels so nice and quiet today. But earlier when I was leaving to go run some errands, the same level of like jackhammering and stuff was happening. And I was oh, like, no! Because the last time we had to reschedule, it was just nonstop all day. And I didn't want you to make the drive. And we were supposed yeah. to be recording a little later, which the traffic would have been worse. Yeah. And then, man, it was brutal. And so that was unfortunate. And little did I and or we know, more so me, that getting just a chance, it's like seeing a comet to get a glimpse in, you know, like a brief moment of your schedule. <laughs>
1: You're busy. <laughs> well, I think you caught like my busy month maybe because I was traveling a lot. I, mm-hmm. I was like, I was in Canada and in Australia and then just got back from New York, so. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really jet lagged but I don't know what time zone I'm in anymore. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I keep just not wanting to wake up before 9 a.m., which is maybe just the way I normally am. I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At JPL, are they more sensitive to that? Like, hey, it's a human body. We know how they are. Or are they like, get over it?
1: Uh, I mean, you can work, you know, as long... I feel like the core hours are like 9 to 4, but we work 9-hour days, right? So most people work 8 to 5, um, but like they, they, they're they pretty flexible. Like, if I if I don't have meetings till 10, mm-hmm. I might not show up till 9, but parking gets harder. We don't have enough parking for everyone that works there. So, um, so if you show up at 9, like good luck finding parking. So that's usually the the incentive, right? Like my sweet spot is like no later than 8:45.
0: Yeah, um, just before the rush.
1: But some people come in at 7:30, especially people who have kids, they'll come in earlier. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty like, and then it depends like if you have a shift, then you might be starting later or whatever.
0: But. Are is the organization as a whole is there any level of like not embarrassment attached to that, but sort of, it's sort of like the cobbler's children have no shoes or go barefoot or whatever that saying is that like you're a logistics and precision and oh, organization. And we like, don't have parking. Yeah. It's like, it is chairs. a known
1: thing at JPL. Like it's been a problem in the existence of JPL. Oh, I think. Okay. Like parking From is just like one. the number one issue. Like we have town halls with our director and number one question is, what are you going to do about the parking? <laughs> but I mean, they manage it, right? Come on a day-to-day, you always end up finding parking. But it's like, it's not obvious. We When I joined JPL, there were 5,500 employees and they just built the new parking structure. So there was space for everyone. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've grown by 1,000 employees. Whoa. So now we're at 6,500, but it's not really sustainable. Um, so, you know, over the next five to 10 years, we'll probably we'll probably get smaller again to about 6,000. So then does that make the parking issue go away? And then sometimes we have contractors that come in. A lot of people telecommute. So for example, like Thursdays, like, if I come in at the same time every day, there's more and more parking available as the, thing, as the <laughs> week goes on. Because I think people just decide to walk from home later on in the week. They just give up. <laughs> um, but I think, like, the cold days, even for people who telecommute, like, most people will come in Mondays and Wednesdays. So those are pretty hard to put mm-hmm. parking on. But, like, Fridays, you can show up at any time. Well, every other Friday we have off. And then every other Friday is an eight hour day. So there's a little bit more of a. Of a like, rollover of people, and then more people tend to work from home that day, so... um,
0: When you say... So it sounds like it's, like, hey, I want to work from home, no big deal, but people come in there because they want to... They certain work they want to get done is there?
1: Um, Well, so not everyone can work from home, right? Like, you have to apply to telecommute, basically. Um, And, and, like, it doesn't really make sense for you to work from home if you live really close by, but... um, And it also depends on the work you do, right? Like, if you're working, like I am, like... On a rover, and you have to be doing testing in the test bed or whatever. Like you, you have to be there because the test bed is right there. Like mm-hmm. your robot is there. Sure. So, and that's you know, and then the techs and all those people, all like the gardeners, like they can't telecommute. Right? So, <laughs> so, but there are some people that can, and it's it's dependent on what type of work you do, when your meetings are. Um, a lot of time, I find it still way more helpful to be in meetings in person. But on my last project, when I worked on Insight, sometimes you know I'd have four meetings during the day, and they were all with Europe early in the morning. Well, it doesn't matter where I am, uh, whether I'm wearing yeah. PJs or a shirt, uh, because <laughs> you know they're in Europe. So, so in those cases, often what I would do is take my meetings from home in the morning, you know. Relax and because they would start at 6 a.m. and I didn't really want to drive in and then just go in later yeah. in the afternoon. So, so I mean, there's some flexibility, it just depends on people.
0: And what are, what are you communicating with people in Europe about specifically?
1: Um, so, when I worked on InSight, uh, the uh, instruments that are on the site were donated by different space agencies. So, the seismometer came from France. So, um, we helped them leaning up to launch, doing all of that testing analyzing the results. So we'd discuss things like issues that were coming up or questions. Um, And then after launch, um, all the way through to before the InSight landing, which was last November, we were looking at, okay, how do we prep for ops? Uh, You know, we have to prepare templates of code, basically what we call sequences of, okay, this is what we would do for this situation, this situation, or when we want to do this. So we would discuss all of that and get them ready to do that.
0: So because they loaned you the stuff or donated the stuff? Is it similar like if your neighbor gave you a lawnmower and then you were like, hey, we've been cutting, we're getting pretty good results, but this is happening? And they'd say, oh, yeah, you got to keep in mind. Remember, I told you do this. Turn this little thing.
1: Yeah. In some cases, like for some instruments, it's like that. Um, it, It depends on how the project's set up. So often it's like that. In the case of this seismometer, for example, it's more like if your neighbor has... A lawnmower that he gave you but then he also came and cut your lawn like mm-hmm. he just did it for you using mm-hmm. like you know so so it's kind of it's more of a like yeah i'm giving you this instrument but really i want to take part in this activity right it's oh, like, yeah so yeah
0: is is jpl and nasa's are, are we still kind of the cool kids on the block do people want to be involved with what we're doing
1: i think it's pretty reciprocal at least with europe like we get involved in most of the things they do when it comes to Mars or other planets, and they get involved in the stuff we do. So it's it's kind of like, hey, someone's going somewhere cool. Let's, <laughs> let's give them something and get involved, right? So a yeah. lot of the science is, uh, is like kind of doesn't have any boundaries. You kind of just share, like, oh, yeah, you're the prime on this, but here's a radio. <laughs> <I'm>
0: like, whatever. <laughs> I, w- when we started, I was going to say, like, let's get right into it. I was thinking because... Uh, this 2050 humanity may be no longer around or like every day there are new climate science sort of reports that we're in trouble Mm -hmm. and now you have this global initiative where it's not just hey we want to beat you to the punch or we're going to be the first ones on mars does it feel more universally like united globally like let's get out of here and at least see what's out there
1: yeah i mean it's weird because i still don't think that like our reasons to get to mars at least for humans right like they're not gonna we're not going to go colonize Mars, right? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's an
0: impossibility at this point, right? Even if so, we knew, like, tornadoes and clouds of ash and all the volcanoes erupting and no more agriculture and not enough sun or UV rays getting to humanity and we're in deep trouble. I still
1: think it would be better to be here than there. Like, what? it is a minus 150 Fahrenheit on, on Mars where we are, where inside it is oh at night. Oh my gosh. Like, it's not fun. Like, You can't have liquid, liquid water because the pressure is not high enough, right? <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, the going to Mars is cool, and and there are definitely a lot of things that we're learning about our planet by go, by doing these missions. But I think people kind of are kidding themselves if they think that the solution to 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 what's happening to our planet is just to go somewhere else, especially mm-hmm. not on the scale we're talking about. Right, like we're talking about twenty five years, thirty years, right? So yeah. Um, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it just but, felt
0: so. G- uh, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely a lot of things we're learning about how other planets evolve and how we end up with conditions like we do will hopefully help us in terms of like addressing this problem. Because at this point, it's like even if we stopped carbon emissions altogether tomorrow, it's already too late. I mean, mm-hmm. That's the part that I I think doesn't quite sink in with people. It's not just like it's not just like oh let's change our ways by twenty twenty five or whatever. It's, yeah, it's d- like. We got to find a way to like reverse what our parents and grandparents did.
0: <laughs> do we have the capacity to do that? Does the planet have I mean, if you were guessing, would you say does it have the ability to like a lizard's tail or something like that, like grow back to some degree or repair
1: itself? There's apparently evidence um, back from like from the records and glaciers and stuff of um, the earth undergoing really high carbon levels just through not Again, another way that we—I'm not—I don't know how we, you know, it doesn't show how we got to there, I and it's very obvious that what we've done to our planet is increasing the carbon levels much faster than we should. But um, but we have seen in the past the planet have this really high level of carbon levels, and then it somehow recovered from it by itself mm-hmm. <coughs> through sort of natural cycles. So we're aware that these cycles happen, but they happen on like thousands, millions of years basis. So so yes, the planet does have its own, its ability to recover from, from this, right? Like, so the planet itself eventually will come back, but, and I think the way I would put it is humans as a species would probably survive because we'd find ways, but civilization would not, right? Like, that's the difference that we're talking about.
0: It would not. Would it be, I think about it as like witnessing it from Los Angeles where like the ash clouds and everything and people just suffocating all around you everyone you see coming out of their homes there would be a handful of weird survivalist nuts or people that had a, a gene that we had no idea existed yeah,
1: something like that
0: 25 or people and we 50 won't have people. enough
1: food and, and right. like you know governments would collapse and things like that. i mean i feel like this got very doomsday very fast right but that's what we're, t- we're talking about right is more mm-hmm. eventually yeah maybe the planet will recover by itself but but if we like if you wanna survive along with your buddies then like <laughs> maybe find a way to and and there's been research in that right like researching in like, how to decompose plastic how to absorb um, absorb carbon from the atmosphere and things like that and and I'm confident that well you have to be confident but I guess I'm confident that if we put our heads together we'll figure it out right like the ozone hole we figure it out right mm-hmm. and it was it was a, a global initiative but it, it really does need to be Everyone needs to be all in to investing into that to fix it. Right?
0: I don't know if you remember this, but in the 80s, um, aerospro- aerosol hairspray was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And in all the commercials, it was people like spraying a giant cloud. And then that's become almost like smoking, where you go, oh, what are you doing? You're smoking? Yeah, you're using
1: aerosol hairspray. <laughs> and I don't know well, that it's people. It's not the same use- technology anymore, anyway, right? Like they don't have the.
0: Oh, it's diff- it's more environmentally, but still similar can. But I feel like the pump action is more popular now, maybe. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. So did know. we like? Did we through advertising? Did we subversively talk well, people like, into behaving more appropriately? Was it the Montreal
1: Agreement or something that f- fixed it? Um, I do. Yeah, I think it was something. Yeah, I think it was something called the Montreal Agreement. Um, I, I seem to recall because I was born in Montreal, and I was like, oh, Montreal Agreement. And um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was like. Similarly to the Paris Agreement, but a little bit more binding, right? Like, the planet as a whole came together and was like, "Okay, like, like I think there's stuff in fridges also that affect ozone, right? So like, with oh, freon and stuff, yeah. yeah. And then and then yes, yeah, spray and stuff like that. And so actually, it came from policy, right? The governments, and that's where it has to come from. Companies in a capitalist country will sell things as long as they're allowed to. Um, But when it comes to policy of like, okay, we're not, you know, we're going to roll this out, we're going to do X, Y, and Z within a few years they were able to stop emissions and then the planet recovered by itself okay. uh,
0: but would you like to hear a weird anecdote that tangentially ties into that that i just think is for me has always stood out that some of our preconceived notions and or stereotypes about places aren't entirely accurate mm-hmm. i was moving to texas and i knew um i needed to get my air conditioner fixed in my pickup truck so i went to a chain purposely So that, like, if anything happened with it, I could be like, oh, they have one of those branches Uh of that chain here. So I do get the work done in California. I drive to Texas. It breaks immediately. (laughs) I go to the shop. And they go, we can't do anything. And I go, ah, I have a one-year warranty on it. And it's been, you know, three months. And they were like, well, California was using Freon. And this is Texas, and we outlawed that, so we use R134A. They oh. were ahead of California, what? and I thought my head was going to... I was telling people that, like, I How long ago was this? This was in 2004. Huh. So they were ahead of the curve, and I yeah. feel like they just got no credit for it, and continue to get no credit, but, like, the yeah. Don't Mess With Texas Litter Initiative. Litter, yeah. I feel like, is a little better there. So there... I feel globally, if we can, similar to the pump, hairspray, or whatever it is, like either make it hey you're not being very whatever you're not being very Texas by doing that hey you like you're not driving an electric car you non-Texas piece of well
1: it's funny because I was I was in um, so I was in Montreal right for a conference and literally on the radio there were Advertisement for just electric cars in general, and I think it, it must be coming—I don't know—from the government or maybe like some coalition of electric car vendors. Right, but um, so like they have the same thing as they do in California, where like you have a line that's just for electric cars. But but electric cars are way more prevalent there because I think the the range that people travel and the range that the cars go is fairly decent. Um, there is the issue of winter and range reduced in winter, but but yeah, there was an advert of like you're not driving an electric car? What are you doing? Like behind, like a century behind everyone else. We have plenty of options on the $20,000. Come and buy your electric car today and we'll give you all of these tax credits. But then it's like literally was just like generally being like, oh, you dumb, dumb. Like you're so far behind the curve. Like this is not cool anymore to be driving gas. Yeah, (laughs) Buy your electric car. Um, And it's funny because... Um, the majority of people i know there are like either have an electric car or like are in the market for one because mm-hmm. it just doesn't you know the, uh, everyone that i've talked to they're like oh yeah my le- next car is going to be electric or like oh, I at least have a plug in hybrid or whatever so um more than yeah other places i guess that i've seen I, mm-hmm. I mean i don't know i don't hear on the radio here like hey you californian buy your electric car today <laughs> <laughs> but, luckily
0: yeah. tesla's become sort of a status symbol in a weird way
1: like, yeah yeah that's true although teslas in canada don't do very well because they were not oh, yeah. they were not designed for the cold and they do very very poorly in the cold compared to other companies um, mm-hmm. and i think here yeah, here in California, that kind of, like, a status, like, oh, I got my Gucci bag and my yeah, Tesla yeah. car, but, uh, in terms of what you get for your money, it's, it's maybe not as good as other companies, but what they did do is they brought, they brought electric cars to, like, mainstream, right? Like, that, that was always that goal. It was like, well, if we go do it, it's going to push competitors to come along and do it, and they absolutely succeeded in doing that, but.
0: I feel like it all, uh, managing all those things, like, um... An economic system that you want to flourish with, you know, you could say like, well, given no regulations, people will just be unethical piles of garbage, and they'll do. It. But then you'd be like, what if you can marry the two, and it's like you can make the most money by being the most efficient or the mo- using the most renewable stuff? We, I feel like yeah. that's out there. I feel like that's, and I still believe in America achieving sort of a walk, getting to the moon first, kind of everyone yeah. having pride in that like we
1: did it well i think i was reading somewhere um recently that the cost of reusable energy sources because it's dropped so much from technology increasing is now all around cheaper than using gas or coal right mm-hmm. again and i can't remember what yeah, you what know, in what context i was reading about this but so apparently that is true it's just a question of then demand and like Building like, having the resources to build it, but like per kilowatt, any form of usable energy now is cheaper than gas or coal. Um, so yeah, it's. I feel like part of it needs to be national pride. You're right, but but or like you know, because like with the LADWP, you have the option of saying, I mean, they pay an extra. I think it's like it's a little bit more. I think it's thirty cents to the kilowatt or something, and all of your electricity comes from from reusable sources. Um, Really? Yeah. And so you just like go on the website and sign up and or you can be like, oh, I want 50% of it to come from reusable sources. Mm -hmm. And it does bump up your bill a little bit, but, um, but it's not major. So then if you have an electric car and you plug it into your house then you're fine
0: but yeah well, the, you know it, it feels like it was two or three years ago there was a big push that we waste 450 billion dollars worth of food every year right. a large part of that it gets thrown away but more so it's just ugly people go to the grocery store like i don't want that so now people capitalizing on that like don't even take it to the grocery store surplus Give it to us, it to us yeah. and we'll sell that's it.
1: how i buy my fruit and veg from imperfect produce but it's great yeah, yeah we just started using it's it it's not even ugly i want some of your yeah, funky I know. ones i never I, I yeah. just get like leftovers but <laughs> yeah. yeah you do have to eat it pretty quickly because usually it's pretty ripe by the time you get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Still but. feels good, though, that if it does go bad, you're like, well, it's kind of destined for that anyway. Yeah, and but then I'm- you
1: compost it. So yeah. And that's how I feel, too. The only qualm I have with them, and they have been getting better, when I started, I started getting perfect produce like pretty much when they came to LA, and um, things used to be wrapped in plastic, and it really bothered me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it bothers me that, like, so now they stopped a lot of things, or, or I, I just... I'm sure a lot of people did this, but every week I would email them and be like, "Why did you wrap <laughs> these apples in plastic? <laughs> yeah. Please stop. I don't want this." You
0: made a difference because our first box, it was all thrown in like, I feel like I just always hated those little flimsy plastic, yeah, you know, when you go to the produce section. So I never I would just throw my stuff in a basket and be like, "It's got a skin on it. I think it'll be fine." I'll wash it. I remember okay. people looking at me weird when it would go down the you know, the the belt yeah, thing cares? at the check. Gonna I don't wash care. it, right? Yeah, I'm going to wash way. it.
1: Like, the stuff is probably not as bad as what got put on them in the field. That's so, how I
0: feel. Yeah. And we got our box,
1: and it's totally
0: just free-range in there. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. There's a couple things wrapped in paper yes. that I can live they with started, that.
1: They started wrapping in paper, which was really nice. Like, sometimes I get that dates, and it used to be that they would put it in a plastic bag, and now it's paper. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just, like, sometimes, like, blueberries and strawberries and stuff come in cases, but that's usually because whoever sells it sells it that way so I'm like okay fine like, and
0: theoretically we can still recycle that or we yes. can be on the, we yeah. can be good with that yeah. I went to a shareholders meeting of all things weirdly for a utilities company a lot of old people and <laughs> they're kind of viewed as like you idiots cause this mm-hmm. and it was really refreshing and sweet to see they're there to make sure their money's doing well but more mm-hmm. than that they, the ones that ask questions kept constantly referring to their grandchildren Yeah. what are we doing there I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys are ahead of this I'm glad you have an initiative and the company was was doing well as far as but they were comparing it to like you know excel has a, a stronger initiative in the next 20 years as far as renewables or oh. things like that but they could offset and say yeah well excel uses this like they're still their biggest source is this yeah. ours is this so I, I just to me i felt like that was exciting to see hopefully
1: people doing the right thing but i think
0: so even when there's money involved i think people still yeah. want to be like no one wants to see these smokestacks and just plastic floating around everywhere yeah. people like nature there's no one that's rooting for that And yet if you are aggressively for like conservation and stuff people go, oh, hey. yeah. at least that group does
1: and yeah it's strange sometimes but I think over the past few years especially I mean the internet is a wonderful place for that because it makes people aware of the impact of what they're doing right so and there's a lot of it that's education or lack thereof and, and I think over the past few years people have clued into the fact that education is going to change people's minds about what's happening but um, but now we just need kind of the policies behind it I mm-hmm. guess but, but yeah I mean I've seen a lot of people kind of take it into their own hands of like okay I'm going to make a change and do yeah. what I can but.
0: well it's good to hear that even if things go disastrously here, it's still better than Mars. And then when- Oh, always. um, Jason Rabinovich was here a while ago. Yeah. And we talked about it afterward, not even on the podcast, talking about getting to Mars, getting humans. And he brought up a thing that I don't think most people are familiar with, or at least I wasn't. I feel like I try to stay up on the colonization- opportunity uh which was the the radiation and just the Mm -hmm. amount of like poison that humans suffer going there that people get to mars like i made it and then die of cancer yeah
1: well you get radiation from the sun and and the galactic cosmic rays basically like we're protected on earth because of our atmosphere and because of um the magnetic field so those are two things that like the main reason why we're alive right is that protective barrier that we have from our magnetic field but as soon as you get out so the astronauts that are on the ISS they're pretty low so they're still protected by the magnetosphere Um, but that once you get out of that earth system like yeah you're bombarded with um, with radiation and then sort of like there's this background radiation that's there all the time and then there's like radiation events that happen from the sun Um, and both you know the radiation events that happen from the sun are much stronger the background is kind of like the yeah. Cancer inducing stuff. So, and unfortunately, the ways to kind of protect from radiation is lead, it's concrete, heavy. and water, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, on the ISS, people will sleep like behind where the water is so that kind of protects them because one of the things that happens and when you close your eyes because of the radiation that comes through you see like little dots of light in your eyes and that's, that's oh my god yeah yeah whoa yeah. <laughs> it's not good Like and then once you get to mars there's somewhat of an atmosphere but there's no so uh, there's no field. magnetic field so that radiation is still there it's somewhat reduced But, you know, it's 1% of the Earth's atmosphere, so it's not great. But it is somewhat, well, it is somewhat reduced not only because it's 1% of the Earth's atmosphere, but you also have a giant rock below you. So all the atmosphere, you know, you have 180 degrees of protection on one side for sure, but then you have 180 degrees of not so great protection. (laughs) Um, So that's why people have talked about like, oh, well, if we were to go to Mars and live there, um, you know, if we were to send humans to live there for extended periods, we, we could maybe dig and and live in like there's cave systems on mars that we know exist um so maybe leverage those so at least you're protected from the radiation from a longer period but um but nasa actually has rules about who can go to space and how long for uh based on a risk of cancer so basically they look at for a given period they look at the radiation exposure and what that does for your risk of getting cancer and dying from cancer. Mm -hmm. So what that means is usually older people um, are more likely to be eligible than younger ones because statistically you don't have that long to live. So even (laughs) if you get even if you get like bombarded with radiation like, you'll probably die of something else first right mm. so that's kind of <laughs> so it's funny so it turns out if you read those documents like old men or ideal because I guess women are more susceptible but like you know like 70 year old men is what you want to send out I to. watch
0: so many things go past me and we all do you watch the Olympics and very quickly into your life you're like
1: damn I'm older than
0: every Olympian mm-hmm. and I'm 24 and then on and on and then you're like well, you're I astronaut guess not
1: astronaut prime I still got Years and yeah, years. years. It feels great. <laughs> the older you are, the better. <laughs> well, but, plus, like, your whole body kind of falls apart. So I guess if it's already falling apart, you're
0: fine. <laughs> I'd rather be on Mars falling apart. <laughs> that might be, I mean, this is way too far off topic. I have other things i thought about that I want to talk about. But this is... When we see homeless people now, there's I think there's an innate human feeling that like they were always that. We don't think of ten years prior of them in a bar or out with their friends or in a job they hated or something that was at least not that. yeah, and then we just we just see an older person that's baked by the sun, that's wearing terrible clothing, not well like groomed or bathed. And we just that's our impression of them and therefore their life prior to that didn't really exist. Yeah. But that could could apply to any of us. Not just homelessness, but like catastrophic things where the people you love are maybe not around in your 70 and like, send me to Mars. Yeah. Everything here is gone and I'm sad and I'll be sad on Mars, but at least I'll (laughs) be (laughs) helping. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's too
0: morose, but... (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I was thinking of was limit trace um evidence of water having been on mars Mm -hmm. and the idea that not to say like i I think adam and eve and that story in the garden of eden is is a nice fable and if it didn't involve the rib and stuff if everyone lived with that ideal that like not the sin and oh we ruined it and we destroyed paradise but just take care of it the, all the conditions are so perfect the magnetic field protecting us water we can drink the sun getting in just the right amount to like yeah. kiss our skin and resources that we're just plowing through it's almost like a field or sorry a flower that's blooming and we just get in there <laughs> know. and destroy it and then ugh, it just the flower wilts but then it becomes mars it just becomes it's still up there the yeah. stem is still there like that could bloom again and we're trying to like make it bloom as the one that we're currently feasting on is, is clearly wilting
1: yeah so <laughs> I yeah know. it's a good yeah but I mean Mars Mars went through its own evolution process and we don't we're not really quite sure what happened or why things happened, right like um were so we actually, already
0: there, man? We, we ruined <laughs> well, it already,
1: man. So we know that you know Mars used to have lakes of water and, and rivers, and and it still has ice water. But um, but basically, the the leading theory, right, is um, and it, it's actually one of the things that the mission I work on, Insight, is is kind of looking at is, okay, well. Mars is a rocky planet the way Earth is. It probably evolved kind of like back of the, you know, the formation of the solar system. It probably evolved kind of the way Earth did. It's at a reasonable place from the sun. Like, it's just on the edge of that Goldilocks zone, right? Where, like, it's a little too cold, but it's probably okay. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been. Um, but, um, and Mars used to have a magnetic field and it used to have an atmosphere the way Earth did. But something happened on Mars, not with the interaction of anyone Um, where that magnetic field went away. Um, And then other things to know about Mars, right? Like it has like the biggest volcano in the solar system. It has um, a canyon that's like three times deeper than the Grand Canyon. Yeah, what is that? It
0: looks from afar like a gash.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like if you put it on Earth, it would go from LA to New York. And it's three times deeper than Grand Canyon. But Mars is a third of the size of 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 the earth so it's a lot smaller so it has these massive features but it doesn't have plate tectonics it has what we think is like a single plate right mm-hmm. so something funky happened with mars when it got created that caused it to maybe be a great environment at some point and that's why we think it's an astrobiology target maybe in the past that could have been life right like we think it was habitable and there's even theories out there bill nye is is one of those people that really pushes that theory that that life on earth could have come from mars right from a Mm -hmm. comet that could have have come over and and um there's a name for that theory but um so it was definitely a habitable planet at some point. Um, but something happened with the evolution of the planet as a whole, where, Maybe it... Well, so the leading theory, Ray, is that it cooled down. So the Earth has a core and it's a metal core and that moving causes our magnetic field. So if... And we know that Mars used to have a global magnetic field that's gone or It's a leading theory, at least. We never know anything in science. It's really weird. <laughs> Unless you can see it and test it. It's yeah. not there. Um, So the, uh, the theory goes that, you know, it, it could have got had a magnetic field and the core might have cooled down for some reason and it went away and there's a remnant magnetic field now on the surface but not a global one Um, and one of the reasons why we have an atmosphere or we can sustain an atmosphere is because of our magnetic field because the magnetic field protects you from the solar wind so Mm -hmm. sun has all sorts of crap coming out of it and so it's literally there's wind um, and if you have wind coming at your planet um, it would eventually blow away that atmosphere into space right or like wherever it goes um so if, but for us our magnetic field protects us that's why we have if you've ever seen pictures of like drawings of the magnetic field you have like the front part that's facing the sun and then you have this tail at the back where that's literally the effect oh. of um yeah
0: and so, so like but isn't the northern lights kind of when they hit isn't that has something to do with it
1: um yeah and that has to do with the electrons hitting the magnetic field so okay like, um so that's what you're seeing is that reaction but um so, yeah, so the leading theory is something happened to Mars, lost its magnetic field, lost its atmosphere at some point when you lose your atmosphere. Um, so in order for elements to be in a certain state, there's a, you may have learned this in school, but there's a, a, a PVT, I guess it's like a pressure. Um, so there's a basically a pressure temperature plot where you have at a certain Pressure and temperature; your element will be in either a solid, liquid, or gas form. Oh right? yeah. And then I didn't like do great point. in
0: thermodynamics, yeah. but I remember this. There's
1: like a triple point where they you yeah. know So, um, so, so if you don't have enough pressure, certain elements just can't exist in liquid form. They might be able to exist in solid or or um, gas, but not in between, right? And so that's what happened to Mars. The pressure dropped so low that water can no longer exist in liquid form. It has to be. Um, and now people have talked about like well maybe subterranean water could exist because pressure is higher there and, and so you mm-hmm. may have the ability to have water there but we do have you know Mars has ice caps um, that sublimate every year so it so they go straight
0: from ice right into vapor
1: yeah and then so you know depending on the season it'll, it'll be ice at the south pole and uh, when summer in the south pole comes along it sublimates and then it 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 forms ice again, it freezes again up on the North Pole um, and back again, right? And and one of our old missions called Phoenix looked at that. It looked at, it landed on the North Pole just before the Martian winter had 90 days. And so it was literally a 90-day mission because they knew they wouldn't survive the winter and it was looking at the ice forming on the surface of Mars. Man,
0: what would it be like for a human to be there?
1: Cold? (laughs) 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 I mean, yeah, I feel like, I mean... If you think about it like it's cold enough at the poles that like the solar rays are snapped off of the spacecraft so it's cold whoa yeah, so you, you know if we sent humans we probably send them at the equator which is a little bit more temperate mm-hmm. but by temperate i still mean like minus instant a, death i mean it's really cold right like a minus 100 degrees and you know like colder than and then like maybe like 10 degrees during the day so like you know because people always say like you know, this summer, this winter on, on the East Coast, they had really cold winters, and they were like, oh, it's colder on he- here than it is on Mars today. And it's like, yeah, Martian day. But <laughs> the problem is, if you don't have an atmosphere... And the temperature that your feet would feel versus the, what your head would feel is, like, significantly different. Because really? Like, yeah, because, the su- like, the sun has such a big impact on, like, you know, and in shadow versus light and all of that. It's, it's, it's way more uh, drastic than it is on Earth just because you don't have an atmosphere that, like, that convection that wow. happens and that uh, kind of thermal stability that you get. Um, so the surface of Mars might be warmer because it is able to, um, sus- like, keep heat right so and like in the afternoon for example on the ground it might be warmer than it is up where your head is but vice versa in the morning when the sun comes out so, <laughs> so
0: everyone would be making hammocks and stuff yeah I or guess, hanging out on the top of ladders
1: I don't know yeah oh well, I mean in the Evening, you might want to be closer to the ground. Oh, closer it's to the ground, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, so it's just, like, this. There's, there's weird temperature gradients, but then, like, yeah, if you don't have an atmosphere, when the sun goes away, it gets cold, really cold, really <laughs> fast. Like, it's, like, instant, right? It's not, like, here where it, like, slowly gets colder, but,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm from the desert, and it would, in the summer, when it's 100, you know, drop down to 70. Yeah. So magnifying that by so, quite a substantial yeah, amount. Yeah, but that it's similar, yeah. Horrifying. Yep. <laughs> now, I, because I think... <clears throat> when people hear about the trip to Mars, the idea of it, there's just one or two little hangups. And then once you start hearing more and more stuff, like, this seems impossible. There's too much risk that, like, something happens to someone's suit and they're instantly dead.
1: Yeah, but that that's true. Like, on I mean, I feel like if something happened, if you had a leak in your suit, you could still fix it on Mars, right? Like, they would probably have habitats that are pressurized and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, I mean, I think, I'm always like back and forth, right? Like, yes, there are a lot of challenges with getting to Mars, but they're all, they all can be addressed with time and money. But, but I think what people need to realize is it's maybe not as easy as it looks in, in, in movies, right, or what? It, it's nowhere near as easy as going to the moon, right? Because the moon, yeah. you, you're out there in three days. You hang out for a day and you come back like, cool. That was a weekend trip. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> takes me longer to get to like Death Valley or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's kind of like. It, it, it is it is a weekend trip so like mentally one of the things is like yeah if I'm going to go to the moon for three or five days whatever we'll long it takes and, and hang out there for a little bit and come back I'm gone for two weeks cool my kids have not changed the yeah, earth has yeah. not changed uh, you know there's a one minute time delay where the earth are not even so I'm still able to talk to people and like "Eh, if i don't talk to my kids for a week it's not the end of the world but when you're talking about going to mars you're like all right so it's gonna take me six months to get there we're gonna stay there two years because well that's about as long as it takes for the planets to align again and if i'm gonna travel six months then why would i go for two days and so so you go (laughs) for two years and then you come back and it takes another six months so now you're talking about three years in space with seven people that you may or may not like yeah um and in like you know six months you're like in a capsule going nowhere fast. So, um, so it's kind of like, all right, hey Good. dude, you're still here today. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed about you. Okay, let's continue. And like you know, whatever music or movies you brought with you is about as much as you get. And you got to spend half your time maintaining the spacecraft and the other half exercising if you don't want your your muscles to go to to like you know pudding so
0: yeah two um, years you'd be in like that scott kelly territory where your bones are expanding and you're
1: yeah so people have been looking at um whether once they people do land on mars whether the mars has a third of the gravity of the earth right like whether that would slow down the muscle atrophy and the bone density depletion but that's definitely something that we don't we don't really know Um, you know long term effects like that right like Scott Kelly was in space for a year with zero gravity which would mimic getting there and back Um, but who knows what happens when you do land on the surface and you know what if they land and they can't walk because you know when astronauts land back they can't really walk there's no one to push your you know there's no one to your wheelchair there, so you, you gotta figure it out somehow. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's interesting to, um, to think that through of like how would that work, right? But.
0: Yeah, it seems. I read, um, uh, Packing for Mars by Mary Roach mm-hmm. talks a little bit about that sort of stuff. And it seems, I'm glad that you guys are the ones thinking about it. Cause then you always seem to come up with solutions to it, which is really impressive. Yeah.
1: There are solutions out there. It's just, and I, I think if we put our heads to it, there would be solutions to it, but then I don't think there's ever a solution to like the mental aspect of it. That's just kind of like, you got to pick people who, I mean, there's people out there that, um, more likely to be able to survive more isolated environments than yeah. others, right? And and we have the technology to enable communications and things like that way better than we did fifty years ago during the Apollo times. But but yeah, I mean, imagine the fact that like when you're on Mars at certain times of year, it takes twelve minutes for your <laughs> communication to get back to Earth and then twelve minutes for it to get back. Mm-hmm. So so then you're talking about not being able to have a conversation with anyone else but the people that are next to you. Unless you're
0: extraordinarily patient.
1: Yeah, it's like, hi, and then 12 (laughs) minutes later. I guess it's
0: like the old telegraph or something like
1: that. Yeah. A telegram you yeah know, like, but it's not like a human conversation <laughs> send money full stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wonder if you can tweet from Mars probably
0: probably yeah there's yeah, not CDF. much in the way to like yeah. get you by that. so that'd be good you'd be connected in that weird way yeah so you can tweet
1: om- and then if anyone comments on anything it would take 24 minutes for you to find out so you can like <laughs> you can't just freak out of like <gasps> no one's liking my post I'm gonna delete it right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you talked about going to Death Valley so say that's a one you know you can come to death valley call people get over here it's great and they hop in the car and they're there that's level one difficulty Mm -hmm. compared to like say pre-telegram days or something where or Lewis and clark or a a family going in a wagon train over the sierras yeah say that's a 10 but the scale is actually to 100 where would mars rank way
1: up by 100 or do you think it's in the 80s oh gosh uh i mean I was going to say 100 before you told me the scale was 100. I mean, <laughs> you're on a different planet. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it that, like, going on your little horse across the Sierras is, like, no fun. But, like, if you're going this summer, all you have to worry about is, like, falling over or, like, dysentery, I guess. Which is always what I die of in, like, yeah, the Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, like, issues with, like, stuff like that. But, like, at least you have air to breathe. Yeah. And, like, you know, you can kind of protect yourself. Um you didn't get bombarded by radiation. Uh, yeah, your bones yeah. didn't deteriorate. Yeah, I mean, there's no like bears in space, so there's that. At least <laughs> you don't have any. Predators. But that's a lot of protein. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, if you run out of food in space, you, you're kind of screwed. Whereas, like, yeah. you're probably fine if you're in the Sierras. But mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe maybe eighty. I don't I don't know what would be harder than going to Mars because where else would we go? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of next in line. Titan, is that way too far off? Not even close? I mean, Titan, we've only ever sent one lander. I don't know... So it has an atmosphere, right? It rains methane on Titan, so it's kind of weird. But Whoa. but it takes like seven years to get to Saturn, so I don't I don't know that we would. I don't know. So I work on robots, right? And so <laughs> whenever people are like, we should send humans there, and I'm like, how about if we just send ten robots? Like that's way better. <laughs> and people argue that like, yeah, when we went to the moon, like, we sent a geologist and in one of the Apollos and like, he picked up this rock that turned out that we learned a lot, about, a lot about the moon because he knew to look for a shiny rock and, and bring it back Right, and he kind of knew like from his training He's like yeah cool that rock's going to be good um, but and they're like oh but robots can't do that they can't do like opportunity to science like that or we'll just pick up a rock oh, and bring right. it back and it's like nah, but they can they though they could yeah we're it's getting... like, we take pictures like when we're on Mars with our rovers right like we take pictures of the whole panorama and then you have a team of a hundred scientists that are like, oh, look, cool rock. And then you go pick it <laughs> up, right? Like, literally. Um, so I feel like, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm like, if we, if we got... Half of the budget that human space gets, like we would be everywhere, we would know everything because it's just like it's it's a lot easier. I mean, uh, robots don't poop, they don't care about they do care about radiation to some extent, but like it's a little bit easier to protect their brains because it's a little bit smaller and then you just <laughs> put a letter out it. it's fine. yeah, um you know, they don't they don't have to breathe it's a, you don't have to bring them back. They don't get lonely um, Mm -hmm. as much as I like to think that they get lonely without me, but they don't. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of like, they kind of do their own thing and then they get there and we get to do, I think with the advancement of the internet and communication technology, it it just enables hundreds of scientists to be on the ground. but, But it's not as inspiring as saying like, so and so went to the moon, obviously. It was just kind of like how they get people, how yeah. they suck people in. That's right. How, that's the propaganda of human space. <laughs> that's how I became an aerospace you, engineer.
0: But you got to make a robot that's personable. So then, people yeah. will start to see, like, uh, they'll feel.
1: That's what our social media team is for.
0: <laughs> yeah, look how like Wilson the volleyball and Castaway. People were sad when he floated away. We could do that with a robot.
1: Yeah, I feel like the Europeans did a way better job at that with Rosetta and the little the little rover that landed on on. I don't like, know. This they one. had this cute little rover, and the Japanese do really well too with their little animations. Like hmm. all of their robots are really cute, and they can. <laughs> we need that. We like have naming contests and bring people's names to Mars, but. Um no, our social media team is pretty awesome at like making things more relatable and personable, right? Um all of our spacecraft have Twitter accounts and they will tweet <laughs> from the first person, which is really great about yeah. what they're doing. Um and and we do, you know, they I think people have realized over time that like yeah, communicating better with the public and the opportunity that we have with social media is pretty incredible. But
0: Yeah. You know. Well, speaking of your robots, are you, how are you enjoying this foley
1: it's good it's i good. really
0: like it i <clears throat> a I, nice
1: af- friday afternoon beer
0: i agree and I, when you mentioned you know the belgian style that you liked this was in my mind what i was hoping i was getting in this bottle something very afternoonish yeah. fresh crisp i, I really like, like it. it yeah um are you up for doing a little more yep okay take a little break and then oh wait, i want to talk more about you and specifically it seemed rolling stone magazine come on oh, a lot God. of cool stuff since we <laughs> come back next week. More with Farah. Isn't she great? She's just the best. She's just a real pleasure to talk with. I like the way she's living her life, like the way she thinks. I I, I just like, you know, a human being that's that intelligent and pursuing the thing that it's like a max out level. So many stories you hear about, like, whether it's an athlete that just never quite achieved their potential. Sometimes it's someone that was a you know extraordinarily good musician, and for whatever reason they you know maybe they had substance abuse issues. they never achieved their potential. I think it's awesome when someone uh, is doing that when their their work and their passion and their ability all aligns and not to wax too poetic, but I feel like fair is a good example of that. and uh, yeah, come back next week, learn more about the difficulties of traveling through space and especially trying to colonize a place like mars it's fascinating love chatting with her uh dan is back from japan so we'll hopefully catch up with him soon hear all about his travels welcome back welcome back he lives in australia welcome back to the planet dan japan way out there in space i don't know if you have suggestions uh beer or guests or topics or music you can email pings at space cave.com Happy to hear those and do my best to make those happen. And if you're a Patreon member, bonus content from time to time. There's a um, bonus continuation of the talk with Eric Krug about American history. Apologies that it wasn't a uh, normal episode last week. It went up in the Patreon only as the, the bonus. Uh, I apologize about that. and try to keep on track as much as possible with new episodes coming out every week uh, and, and people that contribute to the patreon greatly help with that this this show is ad free and made possible by contributions from listeners just like you so thank you for making that happen it really does go a long way and helps with the show okay let's get out of here this song is called once you know it's by a band called good morning i hope you like it see you next time thanks for stopping by the space cave